many are getting weak, many are failing, and many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Hallelujah. With much excitement, let's appreciate the owner and builder of this church, our Lord Jesus Christ. And help me appreciate my father, your father, Reverend Ebenezer Kronipa. Please, let's do it better for him. Hallelujah. I'm here to share some recorded testimonies that our brethren have shared with us. Hallelujah. Our first testifier says, Eye condition healed, and this happened during our miracle service on 8th January. She says, Help me celebrate the Lord. My name is Victoria Uswansa. I've had eye problems for a very long time now. As the year progressed, my condition grew worse and I couldn't even look at lights. On Sunday, 8th January, when I attended the first edition of three encounters with prophetic power during miracle service, my eyes were troubling badly. Fortunately for me, Reverend Ebenezer Kronipa asked to pray for all those who were trusting God for healing. And I jumped to the front of the auditorium. The man of God told me to look at some light in the auditorium, but I couldn't watch any because it was painful. He later placed his hands on my eyes and prayed for me. He asked me afterwards to watch the light. And again, the to the glory of God, I did so effortlessly. The pain too was gone. Somebody appreciates the Lord. I was so happy. Thank you, Reverend Okronipa, for being a vessel of healing. Hallelujah. Let's appreciate the Lord for this miracle. Our next testifier says, pain in need disappeared. And this also happened during our miracle service on 22nd of January. She said, Deborakwe is my name. One night as I was sleeping in my bed, I stretched forth my legs to change my sleeping position. Hallelujah. She was changing gears. Unfortunately, a sudden sharp pain in my left knee jotted me out of my sleep. It made it impossible for me to flex the knee any further. The pain became so the pain became on and off for three long weeks, accompanied by itches on the affected knee. On Sunday, 22nd January, the pain became so severe that I couldn't walk properly. In the evening of that Sunday, I went to see Reverend Ebenezer Kronipa for prayers. After the close of miracle service, the man of God prayed for me after I explained my condition to him. He asked me to stamp my feet on the ground several times. As I did, 
the pain left. Let's appreciate the Lord. Somebody will say, wow, the leg is pain and the man of God is asking you to stamp it. She's going to say, the prophet of God commanded my healing in the name of Jesus. I check my knee again and realize to my joy that the pain together with all the itches and discomfort had disappeared. Let's give it up to Jesus. The last on today's list says, Miracle admission. Grace overruled my grades. Hallelujah. She said, All praise to God. All praise be to the God of Overcomers Nation Church. My name is Deborah Quay. I knew, I never knew God could surprise me this way. Sometime last year, Reverend Ebenezer Kronipa gave me a word of prophecy concerning my education that I will continue my education holding on to this prophecy. I bought an Accra Technical University form and applied when admission were open. Months after I tendered in my application, some friends had received notice of admission whilst I had not. Upon following up at the school, some officials told me that my grades were poor. Thus, I couldn't be accepted into the university. I told Papa about it and he encouraged me to keep believing God. And he encouraged me to keep believing because God had spoken. All difficult, I kept holding on in about, about continuing my education. On the first day of fasting and prayers, I was going on my usual duties when I had an alert on my phone. Thinking it was a customer who had sent me money, I ignored it until I got back to the office. To my surprise, when I checked the message, it was my admission notice. Let's appreciate the Lord. Really, grace overruled a grace. Hallelujah. She continued to say, the same institution that told me I, I didn't qualify because of my grades, because my grades were poor, has sent me a message that I had been admitted. No wonder our father, Reverend Ebenezer Kronipa, keep telling us that grace supersedes grace. I'm forever grateful to God for this testimony. Thank you, Reverend Okronipa, for being a father and a prophet over my life. Hallelujah. Let's give it up to Jesus. This is a powerful one. Hallelujah. The same man of God will be with us shortly. Open up as you also testify. Amen. Amen and amen. And today is the last day of our 14-day fasting and prayer for the month of January. I can see some people are getting ready to fasten up. Somebody celebrate the Lord. Celebrate the Lord. Indeed. Yeriko Yenenim. Yeriko Yenenim. There is a
Praise God.
We have one minute more. Um, if you have not started dancing, you have one minute more. Worship the Lord right now. Let your voice begin to arise. Let your voice begin to arise. Everybody, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Begin to bless the Lord. I want to hear your voice, everybody. Barodo Shandala Baba. If you want to bless me in other tone, just go ahead and do it right now. Labo Shabradigadash. Mandelebe Kapando Bradigadash. Mandelebelebelebelebe. Virabashatalabaya. Rakatune lebriando lo babosha, rabadikondo brada bashanda la baba, riba bashata la baye, rabakonto lo babosh, libros
Bible says that thanks be unto God who always gives us a victory. And we have been on a journey for the past 14 days. Today is the 14th day. And I believe that all our prayers have been answered. I don't know what expectation has been on your heart, but I declare it has been answered. Amen. It has been answered. Amen. It has been answered. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. The Lord said that this is our day of victory. This is our day of victory. This is our day of victory. Come on, personalize it. Say, this is my day of victory. Say, I am victorious today. I am victorious today. I walk in the victory. Say, 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 the victory is mine. Say, the victory is mine. Say, God is on my side. Grace is on my side. Power is on my side. Victory is on my side. I can never be defeated. I can never go down. I can never lose. I can never fail. If you believe that these declarations are true, give the Lord one last shout of praise. I feel the glory of the Lord in this place. God bless you. Let's appreciate our amazing choir. Hallelujah. You are amazing. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Smile as you appreciate them. Amen. The way some of you are clapping it has, and there's no smile. It's as though if I catch you, I'll throw you. <laughs> Amen. We don't throw people over here. Hallelujah. We give God all the praise. Uh, this evening, I want to encourage everybody be around. Be around for prophetic seal. Prophetic seal, prophetic seal. Anytime God releases his word onto his children, he gives them a seal to endorse the word that he has spoken over their lives. And as the Bible tells us that the seal of the Holy Ghost is a guarantee of the promised possession, of the promised inheritance, of the prophecy that God has given. Amen and amen. So it may take some sacrifice, but I want to encourage everybody, make it for tonight's program. We have been on prophetic activation for the past uh, 14 days, and today is the 14th day. And the Lord wants to bring us to a certain place of climax, a certain place of glory. As I was praying over the night, I saw God making angels ready and available in this place. I saw many things coming onto the altar, and I don't want anybody to lose out in any way. 
Is it when we don't take spiritual things seriously, we shouldn't blame God when, when life goes against us. When we don't take, I told you earlier that this year, one of the things that the Lord wants me to encourage every overcomer is to be spiritual. When we talk about spiritual things, you should understand that life is spiritual. Life is beyond what we are seeing with the flesh or with our optical eyes. There is a spiritual dimension of life. When you are not able to appreciate it, if you are not able to come to the place of appreciation that spiritual things are real, you become a victim. You become a victim. You become a victim. We have been praying for the past uh, days and we have been trusting God for an elevation. And within this same period, we heard about sudden uprisings against us. And on the last day of the fast, now the one who is the Ogakwata Kata in the community, God says him to come and visit us. And not only to visit us, to, to bring us something. What are you talking about? Listen, this year, the, those who hate you, they will bring you money. God has a way of silencing your enemies. And it will cause them to even come and be a blessing to you. But you see, until you understand God and relate with Him from a spiritual dimension, you will not experience these kinds of blessings. You will not experience these kinds of goodness. Look, if you enter into this year with your mere understanding, you may be in trouble. You must get spiritual. The Bible said that ah, when Esau, Esau was the brother of Jacob, he took spiritual things for granted, he lost out. The Bible said when he was now looking for a restoration, he was looking at the things to come back to him, his birthright to come back to him, his blessings to come back to him. The Bible said that he sought for it with tears. He sought for it with tears and he did not find it. Don't be deceived by your qualifications. Don't be deceived by your beauty. Don't be deceived by the coming of family that you are coming from. No, life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. So after we are, when we decide to engage in fasting and prayer, you don't exempt yourself. When you decide to spend time in fervent prayer, you don't exempt yourself. Many of us have not understood these things. This period of fasting and prayer, the thing that we have dealt with, they are serious things. If you do not partake in, you need. I don't know what to say to you. We have dealt with all this. We have dealt with family patterns. We have dealt with things that fight against prophecies. That fight against our manifestation. We have dealt with things uh, that have been limiting the expression of the mind, the will, the purpose of God for our lives. And you have not partaken. You've missed out on a great opportunity. Don't let the enemy steal your blessings. Don't let the enemy see your blessings. For instance, we, 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 the Lord said that we should give thanksgiving. To be frank with you, I have even forgotten that today is a thanksgiving service. It was when I had finished, I got up from my seat. The Lord said, sit down again, pick some money, put it in a thanksgiving envelope, and go and lead my people to thanksgiving. So even when I have forgotten the program outline for the church, God knows the program outline. So the things we are doing are not natural. They are spiritual. And when you begin to appreciate it, when you are coming to church, don't come just because oh, you don't have anywhere to go on Sunday or because you were brought up in a Christian family. So you, are, you come to church every Sunday, then you can take all that Sunday. I did a Sunday tradition. I did a Sunday tradition. I do, on, it was on Friday. I told you that one of the forces that causes patterns to remain in our lives are the force of tradition. The spirit behind tradition. Traditions can spoil a lot of things. 
They can swallow a lot of things. Jesus said, you have made the word of none effect by your traditions. You have made the word of God, the word that God has spoken concerning church, concerning his children, fellowship with him, the power therein. He said, you have made it of none effect. Why? By your traditions. So, when you take Sunday, come to church as a tradition, or maybe because you want to go and see that girl that you like, or you want to go and see that guy that you are interested in, and you don't want to put the wrong uh, red flag, so that you say, ah, girl, you're on pastor, if that, if you move those things from the, being the reasons, and you get spiritual, and realize that no, when I come to church, I'm going to engage the altar. An altar is a place where humanity engages with spirituality. Where deity begins to speak into the affairs of the lives of people, of humanity. And brings experiences and expressions. Experiences and expressions. God had, God sent an angel to Gideon. And when the angel appeared to Gideon, he said, Thou mighty man of valor. Thou mighty man of valor. You see, those days, you don't call a man a man of valor until the man is a warrior. You don't call that person a man of valor until the man has successes and achievements under his, under, under, under his heart or in, in, his, in his achievement basket somewhere. And here, the Bible said that when the angel appeared unto Gideon, he said, I am from the smallest family. Out of the family, I am the smallest. That means that I am from the poorest family, and out of the poor, I am the poorest. Poorest of the poor. That means that literally, he was the least in Israel at that time. But in the eyes of God, he was a mighty man of valor. What was causing him? What was causing? So why was he? Why was he experiencing negativity in life? The first thing that the angel of the Lord commissions him to do is that go and pull down the altar in your father's house. A man in the eyes of God who is a mighty man of valor, an achiever, an achiever and a warrior. And yet in life his experiences did not mirror what God has spoken concerning him. God had made him to be a great man and yet he was the smallest of the small. Why? The Lord was showing him that the altar was working against him. Working against his family, working against his father, he said, I am from the poorest family, meaning the thing was not an individual thing, it was something I was running in the family. An altar, an altar, an altar, an altar. So you see, in our family's consistent patterns, this happened to our father, happened to our uncle, happened to our grandfather, has happened to our brother, and you can see it is coming to you gradually. Patterns. Altars are speaking. Sometimes an altar can speak. Anytime you are about to see breakthrough, you, you are always getting near, but you never see achievements. Sometimes an altar can even, yesterday I was listening to a message, and I saw that even altars can speak into the ears of your, of your destiny helpers. There are many of us, our money and our help is in the hands of somebody. But anytime the person is thinking about helping us, all of a sudden, he, the person hears a voice. He does not deserve it. She does not deserve it. Don't do it for him. Don't do it for her. There are some of us, we are, we are, it's as though we have been born to labor. We help people. We fight for people. We work for people. We live up for people. Yes, so many crop for. Now, so I thought that, I it passes us by. After we have served diligently, we never seem to see the result of our service. All this may be working. So some people you see in their families, everybody is a servant. Everybody is a servant. 
Everybody is a servant. You can see that the father ended up serving some rich people, and then the son came to continue serving some rich people, and then the, when you check the grandfather also serving. So it's something that is speaking altars over and over again, and they never break out. If you don't learn spirituality, <laughs> your children will come and continue. In fact, you have to change your surname to servant. Let me pray about all of these things. Some of us are not here. Listen, this evening you have one last chance. One last chance. Even if it means that sacrificing. Look, me, on Sundays I work as a priest. If I work as a priest every time, but especially on Sundays like this, I work as a priest to minister at the altar for the children of God. So please, I want to encourage you tonight. You see, I've virtually preached tonight. I've, the announcement has become a preaching. What are you talking about? I've said this preach, Mama. I've often, <laughs> but more seriously, the Lord, the Lord wants us to take it serious. The Lord wants us to take it serious. So please, let's come. Let's come on time. We are starting at 3.30. I want to start early. I want to start early so that we, there's a lot that the Spirit of God wants us to do. And I gave the announcement that um, everybody, when you are coming, come with something that represents what you do. Your occupation. Maybe if you are a seamstress, you can come with your tape measure. You cannot carry your sewing machine. So if you come with a tape measure or something, hallelujah. Or your apron, if you are a caterer or something, yeah, come dress like the way your occupation is. Amen and amen. Or have something that is symbolic. That we are the best. I'm amen Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But put some, I bring something. Bring some tools, a spanner or something. Amen and amen. If you're a student, you know what you carry. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody saying head pan. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. I don't know whether you're a laborer. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Or you are what? Construct. Is a contractor or con, a construction engineer? <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. So please tonight, prophetic seal. I believe that God is going to speak. 3.30 p.m. Let's all be here. Amen and amen. Now, next week, too, very, a very important program is taking place, and uh, that, that was the subject of the talk show, and I think very important things have been spoken. Very important things have been spoken. So our first fruit service, everybody understand the spirituality of the first fruit. But in the evening, we'll be having another very important program, reversing the curse on the firstborn. In the Bible, there's a principle of first things. Anything that is first is very important. It's very important, number one, to God, and it's also important to the devil. The devil always fights people who have received first things. Because the devil was an initial first and has been taken out of the way. Now Jesus has become the first fruits. Do you understand me? The first fruit, the first one of the church, the first, the, 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 the first son of God. So it, 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 the devil fights everything that is first fruits. Everything that is first. That is why the devil came after Adam. That's why the devil came after, uh, after Israel. Because Israel, the Bible said God described Israel as his first fruits. He described Israel as first fruit up to today. Israel. How many of you have heard about anti-Semitism? Where they keep people hate Israelites. They hate the Jews. Why? They are the first fruit of God. The devil always stirs up provocation against, against them. Now, why are many people hating the church? Because the church is also the first fruit of God. So, when you are first in anything... The first to break through your family, the first born in your family, you are the first to build a house, first to marry, you come under some kind of attack. 
Oh, on Sunday we want to do some, show some working. Amen and amen. I want to deal with certain things. Many firstborns don't break through. Many firstborns don't break through. They struggle a lot. They struggle a lot. So we want to take the thing spiritual. We want to take it spiritual and then we want to work on it. Maybe you are first to set up a business. First to travel outside the country. Please, first, 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 first. Next week we'll be doing some very spiritual things. Making some battles. So uh, around this time, there are a lot of spiritual things that are taking place. Make sure you are part of it. And I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, first fruits given is actually because of the principle of the first. First fruit actually is a redemption of the first. It's a redemption of the first. It's a redemption of the first. I'll show you next week. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, I said praise the Lord. Now, why don't you turn to somebody and tell the person you are welcome to the house of God? If the person, you know, now look at the person and talk to the person. Give the person the, your best smile. Eh? And know that whilst you are smiling at the person, you are showing the person that it is, this is how God smiles. Amen and amen. So if your smile does not look like the smile of God, <laughs> I don't know what you are trying to show. So look at somebody and smile to the person like God smiles. And so, you see, it's when we come to the house of God, it's God that welcomes us. So if you are telling a person you are come, welcome to the house of God, you are playing the, you are playing the work of God. Say you are welcome to the house of God. Hey, God, smile. Hey, Kaliko, smile. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give a clap of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. My God, I can see some people serving to eight stitch and it is showing it as well. All things are created by God. Amen and amen. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Give a clap offering to Jesus. Now, will you want to lift up your right hand before the Lord? Say, Father, this morning I am here to receive from you. I declare my mind is ready, my heart is ready and open to receive from you. I'll be blessed by your word. I'll be empowered by your word. And I declare my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout a big amen. Precious Holy Spirit, I am your servant, and I am your vessel to minister your oracles unto your children. I pray this morning, and I submit myself unto your mighty anointing. Let my words carry fire. Let my words become like a hammer. Let my words carry power, because they are coming from you to bless your children. I speak over the atmosphere, and I declare that no weapon of the enemy fashioned against us will prosper, and every tongue that is written against us in judgment is condemned. Devil, you will not have any authority in this place. This is the house of God, and the presence of God will prevail in the name of Jesus Christ. By the time I'm done speaking, sicknesses are healed. By the time I'm done speaking, breakthroughs have been released. By the time I'm done speaking, direction has been given, and God's glory will be seen in this house in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, believe I will shout a big amen to the Lord. Uh, the Lord began to speak to me within this week uh, as I was praying and fasting and meditating on the things of God. And the Lord began to put a few things in my heart. I began to jot them down on a piece of paper. And I told myself, wow, this is going to be a great message to preach one day to the church. Because it was something that was very relevant in our Christian living. And it was going to give power 
before God. The Bible says that a man called Jacob, he encountered an angel later in the book of Isaiah, who realized that that angel was actually God himself. And the Bible said this man Jacob encountered this angel and he wrestled with the angel from through the night into the breaking of the day. The Bible said that ah, when our the day was breaking, they were still in an entanglement. This angel said that let me go. Jacob had an infantry to speak to the angel who was in the form of a man that I won't let you go. Why? Because Jacob had realized that this man that he was struggling with, this man that he was battling with, was not an ordinary human being. He was not an ordinary person. He was somebody who carried a blessing. Let me tell you something. Until you are sensitive to the careers of your blessing, your life will be limited. What made Abram, when he encountered Melchizedek, realize that this man deserves my tithe? Why did he realize that this man deserves my offerings? The Bible tells us that and Abraham gave him a tithe of all. It means that Abraham must have recognized that this man was not an ordinary human being. That he was a priest. He was somebody who carried uh, blessings in his mouth. And so he was able to give him a tithe of all. No wonder his grandson Jacob also was spiritual. And so when he encountered the angel, he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I pray that God will give somebody under the sound of my voice spiritual sensitivity so that you'll be able to understand and encounter oh, who your blessings are, who your blessings are, who your destiny helpers are in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible said that uh, when he spoke, after he had struggled with him, uh, he said, ah, uh, he asked him, what is your name? He said, I'm called Jacob. He said, from today, you will not be called Jacob. You will be called Israel because as a prince, you have had power with God. You have had power with God. You have had power with God and you have prevailed. And you have prevailed. Listen, there's a way you can have power with God. There's a way you can have power with God. You can become relevant to God. Even God himself will give you a salute and say that ah, this person, you have done very well. How can an ordinary man hold God hostage and say that God, I won't let you go. He must have had power with God. So as the Lord began to speak to me, I realized that this message is something that will give us power with God. Glory to Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, that God loves all men equally, but not all men command his attention equally. My message to you is on the subject, how to get God's attention. How to get God's attention. How to draw God's mind to you. How to cause God's eyes to come upon your case. How to attract the attention of heaven. There is a way you can cause God to value you. There are two words I want to take note of. Value and importance. Value and importance. Value and importance. They sound similar, but they are not the same. They are not the same. Value is talking about the, how, how much or the cost of something. But importance is talking about preference that is given to uh, that thing. Look, as children of God, we are all bought by the blood of Jesus. So it means that in terms of cost, we are the same value. But hear me, child of God, our importance is not the same. Our importance is not the same. Do you know that sometimes even very expensive and valuable things may not be important? 
Very expensive and valuable things may not be important. Maybe somebody, you may be wearing a shoe that costs you about 3,000 Ghana cities or wearing a dress that costs you about 3,000 Ghana cities and you have a phone that costs you say, about 1,000 Ghana cities. Your phone may be more important to you than the shoe. Why? Because maybe there are things that you do with a shoe, that, with a phone that you'll never be able to do with a shoe. So the shoe is of more importance, uh, even though it was uh, it is of less value. You can decide how important you are to God, because how important you are determines the amount of attention, the amount of focus, the amount of premium that God gives to you. We can determine it. When you look through the Bible, you realize that God did not treat all men the same. Come on, you and I do we treat all men the same. It don't treat all men the same. Why? Because even though we would like to be impartial, everybody is valuable, but the importance is not the same in our lives. There are some people in companies, they are not the ones with the highest qualifications. They don't have the biggest certificates, but they are invaluable. Their importance is so much to the company that they will be willing to let go of somebody with a PhD, somebody with a master's, than the one who came with, in with a diploma. Why? Because the person has worked himself to be of much importance in the company. His value has upgraded, not because of the actual cause, but because of the impact that he has made in the company. God does not just want us to be valuable because our value is the same. God wants us to be important. God wants us to be important. And through the Bible, we see it over there. Look at in the book of Acts chapter 19, verse number 11 to the verse number 16. The Bible tells us, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that our sick people were healed. When handkerchiefs and aprons were taken from his body, the Bible tells us that there were another group of people, oh, rascals, who said, that If Paul can do it, then I can also do it. And the Bible said that there were seven sons of they went casting out a certain devil out of a man, one man, out of one man. The Bible says that they said, ah, we cast you out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Listen, when you are not empowered, don't go and try to overpower a certain devil because you have the encounter of a lifetime. That's why we are fasting and praying, so that we will get power before God. We'll get power before God. The Bible said the evil spirits answered that Jesus I know, Paul I know, Paul had gotten value, but who are you? That even though they were all people that God loved, Paul was more important in the realm of the spirits. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? They got the beating of their life. They got the beating of their life. Listen, we are all here as children of God, but let us be frank. Not all of us are as important as the other. Not all of us as important as the other. You need to work on your importance with God. There are some people God cannot afford for them to die in a car accident. God cannot afford for them to just fall sick and go. No, they are making too much impact in the realm of the spirit in the kingdom. The kingdom needs them and in such a time as this. So the kingdom will do everything possible to preserve them. Let this year be a year that you upgrade your importance in the presence of God. Build your value. 
Everybody can build their value. Please don't be deceived that, oh, we are all children of God. So it means that, oh, God loves us equally. And so God will prefer us. No, 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 no. Brothers and sisters, a thousand times no. I'll show you why in the Bible. I'll show you why in the Bible. Isaiah 43, the verse number 4. says, since thou was precious in my sight. Now, he was talking to somebody specifically. says, since that person was precious in his sight. He said, ah, and thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Meaning, not all lives are of importance before God. He's ready to give the lives of others for those who are precious before him. You may not like it, but it will not change it. You may not like what I am saying. It may look as though I am saying that God is partial. But look, the scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures cannot be broken. There are those that God prefers over others. His impartiality is in his love. But in his preference, it is in importance. How precious are you to God? You touch Israel, God touches you. You touch Abraham's wife, God touches you. Two or times it occurs between Abraham and Pharaoh and Abraham and Abimelech. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 11 to 19, you see Abraham, when God has spoken to him to leave his father's house, he went with his wife, Sarai, after that time to the land of Egypt. And he said, my baby, you are so pretty. And I see this man, the way you are pretty, if I tell them that you are my wife, they will do me harm. So let us tell them that you are my sister. When they did, when they did so, the Bible said that ah, the, the, the Egyptians began to take interest in interest in uh, interest in Sarah. The Bible tells us that when it so happened, God rose up and began to afflict and cause sicknesses on Pharaoh and his people. I thought the man lied. The man has done something wrong, didn't he? But why is it that God still defending him? That should tell you that God has no place two people on the same premium. He did it again to Abimelech in Genesis chapter number 19. This time God, chapter number 20, God appeared to Abimelech in a dream by night. He said, you are a dead man. My God. (laughs) My God. Imagine you, you're having a dream. And he said, God "God is coming to me. God is coming. And God appears to you. You're a dead man. God said, you are a dead man. He said, why am I a dead man? You are having somebody's wife. But it is not my fault. If you don't send that woman back, I'll kill you. When you send them back, give them offering on top. Give them The one who had lied was not being, being treated. God valued that person more. God found that person to be more important. So what am I trying to let you understand? Value and importance, they are different. They are different. Not everybody is on the same scale. Not everybody is on the same scale. And so, in your work with God, one of the things that you need to intentionally do is to build your premium. Build your value. It is on an individual basis. Don't think that, oh, just because I'm a member of Overcomers Nation, everybody in Overcomers Nation are the same. No! Value and importance are on an individual basis. You can work your importance. You can build your capacity. And so, God looks at you and says that you are too precious for me to let go at any time. 
Many people are playing with their Christianity because they think that, oh, it's all the same. It's all the same. Even if I don't come to church, God loves me. Some will say, I do not intentionally not come to church and say, oh, yeah, the blessings, I receive my portion from the house. Do you think God is that unfair? That others will sacrifice and come to the house of God. Others sacrifice and go on the, on the field of souls, winning souls. Others will sacrifice and, and then we get to heaven and we get the same thing. Are you sure? Are you sure God will do that? Every day of your life, you need to be working on that. What kind of mansion? In my father's house, there are many mansions. What kind of mansion are you going to have in heaven? The Bible says all stars are not of the same glory. Stars differ in glory. What level of glory will you be having? You have to work on it. The investment you make in your spirit, the investment you make in the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, you need to learn how to get the attention of God. Now, quickly, what happens when you get the attention of God throughout scripture? You see that when you get the attention of God, grace and favor become your portion. And that grace and favor is able to trump works and labor. When grace is at work, the race of men become easy. When grace is at work, the work of men become easy. When grace is at work, the progress of men become easy. When you have the attention of God, when the spotlight of God is upon your life, when God considers you, ah, somebody who is of preference to him, he lets grace. You see, one of the things that God uses to reward people for all that they do for him is one thing, where that word called grace. He makes grace available unto you. The Bible tells us about the favor of God, how God's favor is able to open doors. So, and, and grace produces favor. Favor is a subset of grace. So, grace and favor are your portion. We'll be encountering it as we go along. Number two, sweatless prosperity. Sweatless prosperity. You begin to do well. Grace, you see, David, God picked the man out of the backside of the wilderness and he lifted up the man. Oh, prosperity, you see, Abraham, God visited him. Oh, in his tent. You see, Job, he said that when the visitation of the Lord was upon my tent, he had the attention of God. So Job was the richest man in the East, according to the Bible. Sweatless prosperity. The stories of these ones, maybe I need to make sermons where I will take the life of Abraham and break it down and look at his wealth, look at his substance. Take the life of Job, break it down, look at his substance. Look at how these men lived. Look at what they were able to achieve. Look at the manner of their lives so that we can learn from them. We can learn from them. When the attention of God, the eyes of God upon you, number three, you experience divine exemption and preservation for not just yourself but for your family. There's something about the exemption grace of God that whenever he brings into the life of an individual, he accesses into that person's family. You see, Cornelius and his household, God did not just save him because of his acts, but God saved his family. When God's eyes went upon Lot, God did not just save Lot, he saved Lot and his family as well. The preservation grace of God, the protection of God, the exemption grace of God comes upon the life of an individual who has got God's attention. Who's, 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 who's on whose life the mind and the eyes of God are? You need to attract God's attention. When you attract God's attention, all things begin to work together for your good. 
Oh, we know that all things work together for good. For them who are called, who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So, when God's attention is on you, things begin to fall in place. When God's attention is on you, you begin to make progress. How do you increase in your importance with God? That is a question that I'm going to trust God to answer. And for the next few minutes, I'm just going to run with you. So you better catch up quickly. Catch up quickly. How do you get God's attention? Listen, everything in life, every, I told you on Friday, to every human problem, there is a symptom. And to every spiritual problem, there is a scripture. When you encounter the scriptures concerning a matter, you get the answers to, regarding that matter. When you encounter God's word, you encounter God's power. He said you err because you know not the scriptures, nor the power of God. He said, once have God spoken and twice have I heard, all power belongeth to God. He said, ah, it's your word. It's my word not like hammer. Ah, that breaketh the rocks. It's my word not like fire. Oh, God's word is a fire. God's word carries power. God's word is able to lift a man from the merry clay and set him upon a rock to stay. He said, and I heard his voice and his spirit entered into me and sets me upon my feet. When the word of God gains entrance into your life, it brings an elevation to your life. This morning may you receive a, a penetration of his word. He said the entrance of his word bring a light and bring an understanding to the simpler. It means that God's word transform you from a foolish man to a wise man. It means that God's tra- word transform you from a naive man to an experienced man. God's word is able to bring maturity into your life. Helping you to make the right decisions. Listen, the best advisor you can ever get in life is a word. Somebody said experience is the best teacher. No. Experience is a painful teacher. God's word is the best teacher. God's word is the best teacher. You want to experience everything. Uh, get ready. There are going to be wounds and scars all over you. Because you suffer. But when you take God's word... Thy word is a light unto me, a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You can never fail with God's word. I say you can never fail with God's word. When you encounter God's word, you encounter God's power. So God's word will show us what to do. We have, have been mentioning names of people who got God's attention. We look into their lives and we begin to discover how they got the attention of God. So God's word can show us how we can become of value and of significance to God. Brothers and sisters, I'm just going to share with you a few spiritual things this morning. And I want you to take them and make them the fashion of your life. Fashion your life according to these things. Because these are eternal truths that nobody can take away. Some of them, because of the depth of them, I may just touch on them. And probably later in the year, go do deeper studies. But take, pay attention to these things. Pay attention to these things. Number one, how are you going to get God's attention? What, how should your life be? What do you need if you are going to get God's attention? Number one, faith. After a man has become born again, the next thing that you need to do is to build your faith. If you don't build your faith, even though you will be a child of God, you will be a victim of life. Even though you are a child of God, you will not get God's attention. Smith Wigglesworth, a man, a man of God, an apostle and a prophet of blessed memory, he said something that was profound. I read many years ago, and I want to look for it just to share with you today. He said there is something about believing God that will cause him to pass over a million people to get to you. When you have faith, you can jump the line. 
Look at the testimony that we read today about our sister uh, Deborah. Her grades, according to the school, were not good. But she had faith in a word that God had given her that she was going to go to school. She was going to go to the university. When her grades came, Charlie, everybody, we, we all jeer our eye. She didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it. And say, oh, Charlie, oh, I want to get some work doing. I want to get some work doing. Charlie, oh, boy. The thing had uh, discouraged her. Amen and amen. The thing had bonfired, backfired, firefired, every kind of fire day inside some. But then, as she was going on, she never lost faith in God. She continued serving God. And then, boom, her word of prophecy came and said that, ah, the door to the university is open to you. She had faith in the word, even though her grace had not changed. Lazy girl. She didn't go and do remedials. She said, you, you just want to go and rewrite the papers. Look at that. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. But that is where grace is more than grace. Grace is more than grace. Grace is more than grace. Look at that. Now today, by the grace of God, she has received her admission and working on becoming a student. Are you understanding me? Her faith. Her faith calls. And there are others who are in the same category. They have not been discovered. Others even had better grades than her. They are still sitting at home. Nothing, it's not even working for them. Look, her faith caused God to pass this million other people to get to her. Look, when we come to the house of God like this, it is not all the same. The Bible tells us about a, a time when Jesus was walking. In fact, he had been called by a man called Jairus to come and pray for his daughter. And so Jesus was going in the power of the Holy Ghost. He was going to the house of Jairus, oh, one of the, one of the religious leaders, to go and pray for this time because this child was on the verge of death because of her sickness. The Bible said, whilst he was going, there was a crowd, hundreds, thousands of people. The Bible said, the, Peter said, the crowd thronged thee. In other words, the crowd is buffeting you. There are so many people around you. So many people are walking with Jesus. But out of the midst of these ones, there was an, a particular individual. There was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 good years. The Bible says she had suffered many things of many physicians, and she was not made any better. Her help was not in the hands of men. Her hope was not in the hands of men. Was not in the wisdom of men. The Bible said this woman told herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If I can just push through. The Bible said that she began to go through, and she touched the hem of her garment, Jesus' garment, and she was made instantly whole. The Bible said when she did that, Jesus stopped. The man who is on his way to go and heal a dying child, he stopped. Why? Somebody had gotten his attention. Somebody got the attention of Jesus. Listen to me. When you have the attention of God, your 11 can look like a 1. You are 11th in position, but you look like you are the first. You look like you are the first. A certain gentleman who was a lover of God. One day he was praying and wanted to do the work of God. And he saw, he, when he went to school, he realized that he had missed the exam. He was downcast and yet he was not destroyed. And so when his exam, so he had been studied rather for the exam. And so when he went, he saw the exam questions, he could not even answer a single one. And so he just went to submit the paper and left everything to God. 
Father, when the lecturer or the one marking saw the question, the answer sheet, nothing was there, and put two question marks on it, two question marks on it, and then added it to the uh, papers that were supposed to be submitted. Oh, gosh, when the one who was going to record the marks saw the double question mark, he saw it as 77 and recorded. That guy got an A without writing anything. When the grace of God locates you. When the grace of God locates you. Listen, in all that you do, hard work is good, but when you get God's attention, it makes life easier. When you have God on your side, when you have grace on your side, when you have power on your side, when you have the presence of God with you, when the presence of God comes, it brings the presence of God. When the presence of God comes, it brings the prizes of God. When the presence of God comes, it brings the rewards of God. In that presence, there's fullness of joy at thy right hand, pleasures forevermore. I hear the Lord saying that to announce to seven people under the sound of my voice. This year you are going to enjoy the good things of God. This year you are going to enjoy the favor of God. Look, your faith can receive what I am saying. The woman said, ah, if I can pass through and touch the hem of his garment. The Bible said, Jesus said, somebody touched me. But there were other people who were touching Jesus. Why was he not saying so many people are touching me? Somebody touched me. There is a certain touch which is beyond ordinary touch. And it's a touch of faith. The woman came out and said, I did it. Said, woman, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Meaning it was a touch of faith. Peter said, ah, master, everybody's touching you. What are you saying? This kind of madness, uh, I, I don't mean to insult you, master, but this guy, I don't like it. Why are you embarrassing us? Said, no, somebody touched me. We can all come to the presence of God. But only one person may truly touch God. Only one person may truly touch God. May that person be you. I said, may that person be you. The Bible talks about Abraham in the book of James chapter number 2. The Bible said that Abraham was the friend of God. Why? Because he believed God. James 2.23. And the scripture was fulfilled. which said, Abraham believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And was called the friend of God. Why? Because he was a man of faith. In Mark chapter 5, the verse number 34. Oh, gashende lebre asotalavania. Oh, you read from the verse, uh, Mark chapter 5, you, that's the account of the woman with the issue of blood. In uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse number 28, Jesus spoke to a Canaanite woman who was looking for healing for her daughter. Jesus was not giving her attention, but she did something that caused Jesus to see that, no, this woman is a different kind of woman. She answered in a, an answer with faith. The Bible said that Jesus marveled and said, daughter, your faith, he said, ah, he said, ah, the, then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee according as, uh, uh, be it unto thee as thou wilt. And the daughter was made whole from that very, was made whole that very hour. Her faith, listen, brothers and sisters, after you become born again, be start building your faith. A lot of the problems we are having is because we have not learned about faith. We have not learned about faith. Anytime somebody says that God has forsaken me, I know that somebody has not built his faith. If you build your faith, God is always there. If you build your faith, God is never absent. If you build your faith, breakthroughs follow each other. God has forsaken me. Sister, you have not built your faith. That's why you speak that way. Brother, you have not built your faith. After you are born again, 
work on your faith. Tell somebody beside you, work on your faith. No, the person didn't hear you. Preach to that person. Give the person fire head shaking of your head and tell the person, work on your faith. Please, I'm teaching you how to preach you. Look at the person. Say, I'm preaching to you. Work on your faith. So faith, the Roman centurion who needed healing for his servant, Jesus marveled, Mark, uh, Matthew 8 verse number 10. Jesus heard what he said and he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. In, no, not in Israel. A Roman centurion is faith, great faith. Jesus recognizes faith. God recognizes faith. Brothers and sisters, if you don't have faith, you can be amongst us. In fact, you'll be the first in the line. It will still pass over you. If you don't have faith, oh, you have little faith. If you don't have faith, it will still pass over you. It is critical. If you want the attention of God, work on your faith. Work on your faith. Work on your faith. Let me continue quickly. Number two, how do you get God's attention? Be a man of prayer. Be a woman of prayer. Be a person of prayer. Be an achiever of prayer. You must be somebody who knows how to pray. In Acts chapter 10, verse number 1 to the verse number 4, we read about Cornelius. The Bible said there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius and a centurion of the band called the Italian band. The Bible said he was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour an angel of God coming into him and said unto him Cornelius and when he looked he was afraid and said what is it Lord? He said thy prayers and thy arms are come for a memorial before God he said that your prayer has gained God's attention. Your prayer has gained God's attention. There is a kind of prayer that can bring God's mind to you. If you are not a man or a woman of prayer this year forget about God's eyes being on you. If you are not somebody that is given to prayer forget about about the presence of God. Jabez was a man that was going through a lot. First Chronicles chapter number 4, the verse number 9 and the verse number 10. But the Bible said, and Jabez prayed. He called out unto the God of Israel and said that if thou will bless me indeed, that Lord you may bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thy hand may be upon me. Ah, he said ah, that I may, it may not pain me ah, and that you keep me from evil that I may not grieve. The Bible says, and the Lord granted him his request. God did not just show him favor. God granted him a request. He asked for something and he got it. Listen, you must make yourself a man or a woman of prayer. Whenever you pray, you are presenting yourself before God. Whenever you pray, you are saying that, Lord, I have come unto you. If you are somebody, you give yourself to prayer every single day. You wake up in the morning. You don't just rush up going for your toothbrush, but you present yourself before God. You are telling that Lord, despite my busy schedules, despite the things that I'm looking for, despite the things that I have on my mind, despite the problems I am going through, I recognize you as the first person in my day. The attention of God shall come upon your life. He said that trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, how many of them? All your ways, acknowledge him and he shall make thy path straight. When you pray, you are acknowledging God. When you pray, you are acknowledging God. He said, acknowledge Him in all your ways. When you acknowledge God, His mind comes to you. 
this year, make up your mind that you are going to be somebody who pray every day. Whether there's a church prayer meeting or not, please, anything of importance, and even that which is not of importance, spend time with God about it. Prayer is largely about fellowship. When you pray, God's eyes are on you. Number three, worship. Many of us don't know how to worship God on our own. We don't know how to sing in the presence of God. I dare say, for the past 14 days, some of us have never sung a song of worship on our own. It's only when we come to church. If we sing it in worship, it's God, maybe we like the tune. But we are not presenting it as an offering. Jesus said, the hour coming and now is when the true worshippers of God shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh, he's looking for such, for the Father seeketh such. John chapter number 4 verse 23, the Father is looking for such people who worship him. You want to be found by God, position yourself right, be a worshipper. David became the apple of God's eye. Why? He was a man full of worship. The Bible said that, keep me as the apple of the eye. Meaning he was the apple of God's eye. God preferred David to the point that even now, the flag of Israel has the star of David. In the book of Revelations, it tells the church that he will give unto them the key of David, which can open every door. What was the key of David? Praise, worship, adoration, thanksgiving. Nobody ever worshipped God like David in the Bible. He worshipped so much that there were so many psalms. A whole book needed to be written because of the songs that he sang. The man could worship God and God could just sit there and say, ah, this man, what is he doing? Listen, you need to learn how to worship God. Learn how to sing before God. Learn how to speak words of love to God. It is not every time it comes to God, my father, my marriage, you remember me. You said you remember me. Another year of another prophecy and nothing is coming, nothing is coming of it. Stop that. Then to worship. Lift you high above the earth and the heavens. You are Lord. You're having pain at your side, but you're still singing. You are Lord. Yes, you are. I had a story of one man who was, uh, he had had a few days to live. He was so sick, he could not even raise his hands. And he sent him to a gospel crusade. Even before the man of God would come to preach, they were singing and they were worshipping God. And he got lost in the worship so much. At the point, the worship leader said, everybody lift up your hands. And then without thinking, he lifted up his hands. He was worshipping God for about five minutes and realized, ah, what am I doing? Hey! I've been healed in the midst of the worship. In the midst of the worship. Worship God. In spite of your challenges, worship God. Worship God. Worship God. Well, that know what Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 17 tells us. So that even though the fig tree will not blossom, even though the cows may not give forth, the farms, nothing seems to be working. Say, yes, I'll praise you. I'll praise you. I'll praise you. Worship. Oh, you see, somebody who can worship God is in spite of their pain. God recognizes you. Because he realizes that he's more valuable to you than what you are going through. Faith, prayer, worship. Number four, serving God with fear and reverence. You want to get the attention of God? Be a servant of God. Look at what God told Satan. 
When Satan appeared uh, in the midst of the gathering of the sons of God, Job chapter number 1 verse 8, God the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Why? Because God was considering him. Job had the ascension of God. Why? He said, not the rich man Job, but my servant Job. Servant Job. Can God call you a servant? Yeah, I'm a servant of God. What have you done to serve God? Oh, oh, oh. then they start their brains out. Because now they have to look for something to justify themselves. A servant of God is one who serves the interests of God and of his kingdom and his house. You don't serve in the house of God. You cannot call yourself a servant of God. But you are serving God. We look at serving God, number one, through kingdom advancement prayer. How many times do you pray for others? Job was a servant of God. That is why when God was against his friends, he said, I go to Job. The man had, was a, a, a habitual intercessor. They fear a demon Bible. Sabena, we go demon Bible. If you are ready, me on Kaimini Mount. Ready, Kaimini Manesi, Yanqua, Nijayo Biara, Indiana Sambo, Minimifish, Ryan. If you the song will be changed if you are your house. When you are me, we're busy, and then it's us, and it's us crying. No. Go to intercessory prayer. I said, go to intercessory prayer. He said, I sought for a man. Ah, yeah, yeah. Who is the man that God is looking for? The one who stands in the gap and make up the hedge for other people. God is seeking for such a person. You see, the one who prays for himself, you are now finding God. But the one who prays for others, God is finding you. God is finding you. Hallelujah. This year, serve God through intercessory prayer. Let your prayers for yourself be smaller. If you have to pray for one hour, 15 minutes, do intercessory prayer. Do intercessory prayer. I promise you, the quality of your life will be better this year than other years. I promise you. Intercessory kingdom advancement prayer. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your church. Pray for other believers. Pray for a new convert. Pray for those who come to church for the first time. Pray that souls will be saved. Pray that there will be miracles in the church. Pray that there will be progress in the lives of God's people. I promise you, oh, your life will become better. You know why? You get God's attention. God's light will come upon you. God's favor will come upon you. Ever since... I started, I became born again and began to understand intercessory prayer and began to pray for others, not seeking anything for myself. I saw that my life has been making improvements. Serve God with intercessory prayer. Serve God through kingdom labor and service. You've come to church once, two, three times. Find something to do. Join the ushers. Join the choir. It's amazing that some people come to church and they have talents. Some can take photography, but they will never come out. I mean, the other time I had the shock of my life, when one of my sons, he could do some work. I won't say it, other that you know who I'm talking about. And then he said, oh, Papa, I can do it. I didn't want to show anybody I can do it, because I know if I, I see it, pressure will come on me. Pressure will come on me. He has hidden his talents. Because he doesn't want pressure coming. He will go and do it for other people. Sinners. And take money. But to do it from God. And take blessings. He's hiding it. He's hiding it. 
whether you are sitting on, who arranged it? The place you are, who swept the place? Why shouldn't it be you? If you serve God this way, His attention comes on you. Serve God. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, in the book of Psalms, my God. Verse number 89, verse 20. God was looking for a man to anoint. So he said, I have found David my servant. And with my holy oil have I anointed him. He said, David was a servant of God. You see, one of the reasons why David was apple of God's eye was not just because he was a worshiper. He was able to get a lot of things right. He was able to get a lot of things right. He was a servant of God. He was a worshiper. And I'll show you another thing. He was, uh, he was a worshiper. Look, I heard a story of, uh, I think some of, I've shared it before. But I'll share it again because testimonies are powerful. There was a woman who had been serving in the choir of her church. She got married. When she got married, all of a sudden she stopped going for choir rehearsals. She was serving the, the woman of God, serving her lady pastor, seven, 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 seven. One day the lady pastor, she had been married about two, three years. There was still no issue. Then her, the, the, her woman of God went before God and said, Lord, this is my daughter that you have given me, has been faithfully serving for all these years. Why is it that her, her, her childbearing is delaying? The Lord said that it's not delaying. It's not delaying. But I've already, the angel has been sending the child. So how come? She comes to church, so how come she doesn't know? The angel does not come to church. He comes to rehearsal. And when he comes, the angel will not find her there. He will send it back. He send the baby back. Look, serving God. She told the, her daughter this. Two weeks, the woman got pregnant. The woman got pregnant. When she started going back, acquire rehearsal. Serving God. Many of us, we will not know what we are, what we are getting from serving God. Until we begin to lose things in our lives. Until we begin to lose things in our lives. That is when we realize, ah, that quarrier that we're coming for, that cleaning that we're doing, God was actually looking on it to preserve and to protect us. Many years ago, a friend of mine, when we were in school, every time he would use his car, and would be using it to go for outreaches everywhere, carrying boxes, carrying tables, carrying things. One day, the Lord told me that the guy was a very reckless driver. And he told me at times, some strange things happen. Sometimes he'll be driving and he'll stop all of a sudden. As soon as he stops, he sees that there's a human being in front of the car. But when he was driving, he saw them as goods. He saw them as goods. Most of the car accidents happen. They don't know what happened. No. They don't know what happened. They'll change the thing in their eyes. You'll see a human being, you'll think it's a certain, a, 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 a politician bag or something. I won't say, we God needs to have a politician bag. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And the Lord told me it's because he has been given his cash for the work of God. So God always protects him. Up to today, he has not killed anybody with his car. He has not killed anybody with his car. And he travels a lot. Listen, when we serve God, his attention comes on us. Let me quickly move on. Number five, covenant practice givings. There are some givings, and that when we give, it brings the attention of God. Number one, our first fruits. 
our first fruit. In Genesis chapter number 4, you read from the verse number 1, the Bible tells us that God and verse number 2, God gave Adam and Eve two children, Cain and Abel. In the verse number 3, the Bible says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and brought of the fruit of the ground because Cain was a, a crop farmer. He brought of the fruit of the ground an offering. Listen to that. An offering unto the Lord. And when we were children, we were, shown, we, were, we were taught that he brought rotten fruits. Amen. But the Bible doesn't say rotten fruits. It said out of the fruit of the ground. He brought an offering. Look at the next verse. But Abel brought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had listened to this. Respect on Abel and on his offering because it was the firstling and the fat. His first fruit. God had respect. And the next verse is about on Cain. He had not respect. How do you command the attention of God? Your first fruits. Your first fruits. Your first fruits. It, commands, it brings God's attention. Like, wow. Is he able to do this sacrifice for me? Is he able to do this sacrifice for me? God's eyes come on such an individual. Listen, I told you life is spiritual. Everything I'm sharing with you are spiritual things. They are all spiritual things. Number two, your tithes. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now hear it and see if you will not get my attention. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse of God. Listen to me. You are not doing me. Sometimes some, some, some people are very funny. They think that if they don't bring their flesh or they don't bring their tithes or don't bring their offering, they are doing me or they are deceiving me. You are deceiving yourself. Because, you see, the place I am standing is not because of me. I was called. I'm a pharmacist by profession. I probably have better qualifications than you. But God is the one who brought me here. So the position I'm in is a spiritual position. Now, even that aside, even if I was a man without a qualification and God was the one who put me there, it's a spiritual position. It is not about the man, it is about the spiritual position that God has given him. Why? Because God wants somebody to watch, uh, mediate between God and men. And so when you come and you are supposed to give your first fruits, don't focus on man. It is an interaction between you and God. Your tithe, he said the tithe is, belongs to the Lord. There are many people whose life have become some way, some way because they play with their tithes. Because they, they think they are tricking God. He said that you are cursed with a curse. Why? Because you robbed me. And they ask, how have we robbed you? Having to ask a lot of questions like that. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Sometimes neglecting a certain spiritual principle will be what is working against you. So they were lucky. God sent Malachi the prophet to go and show them what they were doing wrong. You may not, you, you, maybe I'm your Malachi. Yeah. I was going to say you may not be so lucky, but if you are listening to me, you are lucky. Yeah, you are blessed. You are grace. Because I'm showing you what you may be doing wrong. If you don't follow the precepts of God, your life will become warped. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you are getting me. Come see, come sir. Come see, come sir. Come see. Because you don't have grace back in you. Hey, and when a man lacks grace, I'm sorry for such a man. Unim adumbia etawichi. Adumno ebuao. Adumno ediwichi. Adumno ediamao. Merahuamao. I'm sorry for such a man. You don't have God by your side. 
You don't have grace working for you. You don't have some oil from God dripping in your direction. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. Let us not go out in life as ordinary people. Let us work covenants. Everything is a covenant. Sex is a covenant. Childbearing is a covenant. Cutting circumcision is a covenant. If you go through the Bible and you realize that almost everything is a covenant. Do you know even when we talk and you, I, I talk to you and I say something, you say yes, it's a covenant. So that's why you should be careful about who you agree to. There are people who are in bondages right now because they agree to a certain friend. There was a certain man, a man of God, a certain politician, like the way our MP came today. Now I'm not saying our MP this summer, so please let me clear it before. And the politician bought a bus for the church. And so he told his man of God about it. The man of God said that, don't use that bus. Don't even give it out or sell it. Return it. Say, Papa, the thing is, we need it all for the clearing of the souls. Return it. He said, yo, Papa, I didn't return it. And the choir were going for a program. The car got involved in an accident. Not a single member of the choir survived. The politician needed blood. He got an insensitive sleeping pastor. Not even one survived. Even the gift was a covenant. When somebody gives you a gift and you take it, it's a covenant. So those of you go keep, you say, well, I'll, I'll chop his money. Oh, well, I don't like, but I'll chop his money. I don't know. Oh, chop my money. Chop my money. <laughs> it's a covenant. Haven't you heard recently that a certain lady has been fined eighty thousand dollars? But she says she will not marry the man after he has paid the school fees. Even now the human systems are recognizing. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey now all the, the Chisel Men's Association are celebrating. I said now <laughs> we'll get them. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. Everything is a covenant to work your life by covenant. Work your life by covenant. Arms giving is a covenant. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. Listen, understand the spirituality of life. Let me quickly end this message because my time is already past minutes. So your tithes. Look at Abraham. Abraham used tithes to upgrade himself. Abel used first fruit to upgrade himself. You can use this thing as well. Kingdom projects. Giving unto kingdom projects. There was a Roman centurion. The Roman centurion who uh, Jesus said, Oh, great is thy faith. The man, look at, in Luke chapter number 7. The Bible said there was this centurion whose servant was sick and ready to die. When he heard of Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews. Look at that. How can he send the elders of the Jews? There must be something he has done. He sent the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he will come and heal the servant. When they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly. You know, so the picture actually, when you study the other parts, he was actually preaching. Jesus, ah, let me tell you something. A time came, Jesus was preaching. His mother and his brothers came. And they said, that, Jesus, your mother and your siblings are outside. They are asking for you. He said, that, who are my mother? Who are my brother? Who are my sister? He didn't know you who are here listening to my preaching. And he continued preaching. He never went out. 
But look at this account. The Bible said that the elders of the Jews came to meet him and he was preaching. And they said unto him that this man is worthy that you should, for whom he should do this. For verse number five, I don't know why today the scriptures are not coming. Verse number five, he said that for he loveth our nation and he has built us a synagogue. Look at the verse number six. Then Jesus went with them. Then Jesus went with them. Look, this year, it may not be, say, Father, this year, I want to buy five chairs for the church. I want to buy a fund. I want to buy an AC. Don't wait for fundraising, you know. The problem why many Christians are not getting blessed is because of fundraising. That's why I try to avoid fundraising in the church. Because fundraising now, it becomes like a shit. But when we do things out of our hearts, Fundraising, if the preacher or the explanation doesn't come very well, it becomes like uh, uh, tasking the people. But God doesn't bless things that are tasked. He blesses things that you give out of your heart. God loves a cheerful giver. I don't know. As as, as friend, the Lord told me to share these words with you. Everybody in this church, trust God that you do a project for the church yourself this year. And project doesn't mean buying a, a, a generator. Maybe yours could be that oh, you are going to, God help me, I want to buy an LED. God, I want to buy a, a speaker. I want to buy a microphone. I want to buy a carpet. I want to buy a bottle of oil. And he went with them. The man who, Jesus loved preaching. You know? He loved preaching. But you heard this man's testimony. He said he did what? He built us a synagogue. He loves our nation. He loves our nation. He, because, you see, it was overcomers' nation, but they forgot what the overcomers. Oh, you are not getting me. He loves our nation. And he has built us a synagogue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody, make up your mind that, Lord, help me. I want to do something. And pray about it. God will put something in your heart. Don't wait till it's Women's Day and say, oh, the woman got, oh, we want to buy an AC. or want to buy this. And then, no. Get personal with God. The woman with that box of alabaster, she, the Bible says she came to prepare Jesus for burial. That was a kingdom project. The kingdom has sent him to come and die. The woman came and said, I'll put, I'll put, I'll put, I'll embalm him. I'll put the oil upon the body for his preservation. Kingdom project. Jesus said, anytime the gospel is preached, these two man's names shall be mentioned. Am I not mentioning the name today? How many of times have you heard me preaching mentioning Bartholomew? Thaddeus. <laughs> but are they not disciples of Jesus? But the woman who was a shawo, the shawo is being used in preaching. How many times do you mention Matthew, the tax collector? We quote from the scripture, we don't talk about him. But a shawo, a loja woman, All of a sudden, somebody has been doing it. And says, ah, there's hope for me. There's hope for me. <laughs> Indeed, there's hope for you in Christ Jesus. Somebody celebrate the Lord. Only Jesus gives us hope, even when we are so wrong. Uh, please do and stop doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's hope for A woman broke the alabaster of Matthew chapter 26, 17 to 13. You see it over there. It said, it shall be told for a memorial for her. 
Listen, everybody consider doing this. Write the scripture down, Psalm 102. Psalm 102, verse 13 and 14. Then now favor comes upon those who favor the stones and the son of Zion. The stones and the son of Zion. Number, number what? Number what? Six. Hey, that's the more. Seven, eh? Hey. <laughs> okay, let me mention them and so if I don't touch on them, at least you have the point. Number seven. Sacrificial living. Sacrificial living for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stephen. Acts chapter 7, verse 6, verse 6. The man was before his oppressors. He knew they were going to kill him. They were already killers. He knew they were going to kill him. And yet he stood there preaching. Preaching. Oh, verse number 55. The Bible says, as he was preaching and sharing the gospel of Jesus. Ah, Jesus, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed, oh, hallelujah, Father, give me such an experience. He gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. But did the Bible not say Jesus went to sit down? How come Jesus was standing in this vision? The man had gained Jesus' attention. Sacrifice. How many of us are ready to die for the gospel? Some of us even wake up early to pray for the gospel. Oh, it is so bad. Come to church early for the gospel. Yes. You are not ready to sacrifice, so you don't get the kind of attention that you need from heaven. Sacrificial living. You see, Christianity is not just about God will bless you, God will bless you, God will bless you. Christianity is also about sacrificing, suffering, dying. It's also about entering into some pain for the Lord. Many of us are acquainted with, oh, when you serve God, God will bless you. And so you can't see, I'll come and serve God, I'll come and serve God, God waiting for the blessing of God. There's a kind of attention that you get from God when you're ready to sacrifice for Him. God, Jesus gave the young man a standing ovation. Stephen was not an old man. Stephen was very, very young. Very, very, very young. But the man was ready to sacrifice for the gospel. How much are you sacrificing for the kingdom? How much are you sacrificing? Now it's a come and do, come and see so winning. Oh, I have, I, have, I have things to do. I have things to do. I have plans for the day. I have washing to do. I have this to do. I have rounds. I have, I have, I have, I have movements. I have things to do. I'm meeting somebody at the... We have, we, have, we have to go and... It's an, a long-time friend. We have to go and chill. We've not met each other for 10 years. What's, if I don't meet him, I won't meet him again. You are not ready to sacrifice. The attention. If you want heaven's attention, learn how to be a sacrificial Christian. Sacrifice. In the book of Revelation chapter 6, you read from the verse number 9 to the verse number 11, there are some souls which are hidden in heaven, in, a, in the altar of heaven. And were the souls of those who have been killed for the sake of the gospel. Sacrificial living. Number what? Eight. Number nine. Number ten. Let me mention them. Number eight. Number eight is honoring God's servants. Honoring a man of God. Be a blessing to a man of God. Because the person is a servant of God. 
Many people don't know this. I think during the, during the, the talk show, they are saying that sometimes, and it's true, sometimes if people, people can take 5,000 cities and say, oh, is this to the church? I'm coming to give it to the church. And they cannot take 5,000 and they come and say, I'm coming to give it to my pastor. Because I love you. And I love that you are doing the work of God. I'm coming to give it to you. Many of God's children, they don't really love their servants, the servants of God. No. They can even spend on themselves easily. You see, there are married people over here. They can spend on their wives. Amen and amen. Sammy, look up. I'm talking. <laughs> amen and amen. The women, they can spend on their husbands. Now, I'm not saying that. I, I, no, no. Hold on. Don't take. Oh, you are not married. Give Christ. I'm talking to the married people over there. Amen. Or oh, should I prophesy next year by this time? Hey, <laughs> 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 Amen. Now, our own Amen and amen. Hallelujah. But no, I'm just trying to let you know. No, no, no. Every married man should spend on their wife. And every married woman should spend on their husband. But I'm trying to let you know that we are comfortable doing a lot of other things. But we have not recognized a certain place of blessing where you honor a servant of God. Me, my biggest blessings, financial blessings, started coming when I started giving personal offerings to men of God. I had been giving, I was a service of God, North I was a good giver. But ever since I started giving, I started working, I started giving in the thousands. That's over how many years ago? Over about, about 10 years or 12 years ago. I can pick my salary. I'm going to give it for a church program. The prophet of God can come and give to the Lord. So I'm going to give to the church. But I wasn't seeing much changes in my life until I began to learn how to connect with men of God on a personal basis. Prophets offering. Prophets offering. Prophets offering. The Shunammite woman recognized that. And that was why she was remembered. I can imagine a rich woman, and yes, she had no money. She had no child. And everybody was saying, ah, oh, the, 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 the rich woman at the corner who does not have a child. The Bible says that, and the man, the, when after she had given, the prophet said, woman, what is it that you need? What is it that you need? So, honoring servants of God. And that was where a miracle came. Number what? Number what? Nine. Eight. Amen. Hallelujah. Sacrificial givings. Solomon. David. Write their names down. Number what? Ten. Number ten is very important to me. Because we are in a generation where people live anyhow. And people have forgotten that God. God is a righteous God. And is a holy God. Holiness. Holiness. When God spoke to Satan about Job. Apart from him saying that Job is my servant, look at the testimony that God gave concerning Job. He said, there's none like him on earth. A perfect man, an upright man, one that feared God, one that hated evil. Today, people love evil. They love evil. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. He said, follow peace with all men and holiness. Without which 
no man shall see the Lord. Please, if you want the attention of God to come upon your life, make up the conscious efforts. The Lord, I'm going to live a holy life. Holiness will give you encounters with God that no, not, no other thing is able to give unto you. People of God, this morning, the Lord sent you these ten points. You want to attract God's attention in this year. Number one, faith. Number two, what's that? Prayer. Number three, what's that? Worship. Number four, what's that? Serving what? With fear and reverence. Number five, what's that? Covenant practice givings. What are they? Fair tithe and first fruits. Number six, what's what, that? Sep- what? No. Giving to kingdom projects. Me a, 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 Ah. I don't know about that. People this year, God, has, God is raising you to be a blessing to the church. And God is raising you. He's going to give you finances. I don't know about that. Some people, different, different projects. God is putting in your heart. Receive grace to do. I said receive grace to do. In the name of Jesus. Let me continue. I just picked something. But let's continue. And number what? Number what? Uh-huh. Sacrificial living for the kingdom. For the gospel. Sacrificial living for the gospel. Number eight, honoring God's servants. <laughs> Number nine, sacrificial giving, sacrifices. At times you have to make sacrifices. It seems like it's just a repetition of sacrifice, sacrificial living for the gospel. But it also has its own place. Amen and amen. And then number ten is what? Number ten is what? Now let's shout the holiness together. One, two, three. No, shout it for the person beside you who doesn't want to shout and is yawning to hear. One, two, three. Scream holiness. If we are going to possess the land this year, this ten, I've just given you ten keys. All of them are whole messages on their own. But the Lord just sent me coming. Sacrificial living in the house of God. Even in the heat of the day, you come to church. Even if the church auditorium is hot, you still come to church. No, touching him, Mr. Boam, and I'm into his mass for him. And I'm into extra funds. And I said, I'm into extra funds. I'm into Papa. And we'll be a little bit into him. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Say again. You are going to do it. You are going to start building, okay? Somebody's prophesying. Prophesy, woman of God. Hallelujah. Is somebody ready to get God's attention? I don't just begin to speak to the Lord. Begin to speak to the Lord. Begin to speak to the Lord. Begin, I, I don't know. I feel like I've done what the Lord has asked me to do. These 10 points that I've just taught you. How to get God's attention? To get sweatless prosperity. To get His grace and favor. To experience supernatural exemption. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Maybe there's an area that you have been defaulting or you have been making mistakes. Ask the Lord for mercy. Rise up to your feet, everybody. Rise up to your feet. Oh, Babash. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokonipa.com or call 0546 God bless you.